welcome to the Exhaust Notes Podcast. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Exhaust Notes Formula One Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall. I'm with my guys, Todd and Rowett. We're so close to the season, you can almost smell the burning rubber in the air. What's good, fellas? How you guys doing? Tutto bene. <laughs> I, I was hoping to be fluent in Italian before this moment actually happened in real life because I was inspired by the... Do we say passionate usage or lack thereof of English from one Matteo Bonato, who, by the way, that was the happiest that man has looked in the first 10 minutes of Drive to Survive Season 5 than I've ever seen him. Yeah, he was uh, he's looking pretty chipper. But I mean, hey, I'd probably I'd probably enjoy just drinking wine with Gunther, you know, driving a tiny Fiat in the beautiful yeah. hills of Italy, drinking wine. Yeah. And hanging out with the Steiner ship. It's a good time, man. Uh, I think we're all fans of the Steiner recliner. At least that's what I would call his interview podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great podcast name. Good over Uh, here. Testing's in the middle. In the middle. uh, I think we got day three coming up in a few hours, which I will promptly fall asleep on after I turn it on 10 minutes in. But uh, yeah, we're week out. Week out. Exciting times. No, I mean, not only that, it's just, it's slowly starting to feel like a season. I mean, we're starting to see rumblings, not through, not just rather through Drive to Survive, but other things as well. I think I saw my first commercial on ESPN for the race. I've had random people in my life say, hey, when are you guys doing episodes? And it's like, how dare you? Because if you knew, you'd be subscribed. And if you'd be subscribed, you'd leave us a review. So please leave us a review so then you can subscribe. And I don't have to do this whole song and dance every time. Exactly. Exactly. But I guess before we even get started, uh, we noticed something on Twitter, and I think this is going to be the new segment we try to ham fist into every episode, which was an open question of the week. And we noticed a particular tweet that was laid out in the shape of a Formula One steering wheel. And on said steering wheel, there were six options. And each option had a color-coded prop next to it. And you were only told to push one button. And if I remember off the top of my head, and Nick... Todd, please keep me honest. It was three-way title race, an unexpected winner, a new Formula One champion, race in your hometown, meeting your favorite driver, and sorry, I went five out of six. That's only 83%. What was the remaining 17%? Attending a race. Attending a race. Okay. Now, that being said, I pose that question to you gentlemen. Which button, if you could only pick one button, would you push and why? Tyler, oh, Todd. I, I, <laughs> yeah, Tyler <laughs> reporting in. Oh, that's too inside baseball. Um, you know, I would like to say attend a race, but I did get an email from uh, F1 ticket sales today about pre-sale for this year's Circuit of the Americas race, and the Paddock Club could be mine for a lowly, paltry fourteen thousand dollars, or two payments of seven grand. He made sure I could do it in installments. Great googly So movie. that's out. That's out. Um, my heart would want to pick meet my favorite driver, hang out with DR, hang out with Seb maybe. But uh, three-way title battle for me all day. I want to see good racing. I want to see teams fighting it, fighting at the front and not just Max running away with it or previously Mercedes running away with it. Um, yeah, so I think good racing is good for everyone. Then we all win. If you don't mind me asking a follow-up question, who would you like to partake in this devil's three-way? Because I'm pretty sure that's what it's referred to when three gentlemen get <laughs> get it on. Devil's three. <laughs> oh my God. Have you seen that family guy clip? Um, anyway, I, I would, I mean, who would I like to see? I mean, if you've pushed the button, you can make this happen. We're not going to shame you at all. Hell, book the Danny Rick comeback as only you can. No, I wouldn't want um, any of the top three teams. I would want Haas, McLaren, and Aston Martin to be battling for the championship. Okay. I like it. Haas, McLaren, and Aston Martin. Just because I would like to see... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'd like to see, you know, Alonzo get another 
chip while he's in his 40s. It'd be like astounding. Speaking of it astounding, I turn to the astounding Nick Engvall. Nick Engvall, what button are you pushing? Well, first off, I have to say it would be astounding, but it'd also be so annoying because we have a, n- nobody in Formula One would hear the end of it with with Alonso like getting a chip at this point in his career. I was looking up like for our hot take session that's incoming on this episode. I think it's been since like what twenty eleven or something since Alonso's had a podium. Anyway, uh, the selfish me would love to see a Grand Prix in my hometown. Sacramento's got plenty of uh, freeway space and trees and river and all of the above to create pretty interesting track. Not that I've mentally or behind my the wheel of my own car created a Formula One track around the downtown area. But if I were to, I could probably come up with some some pretty uh, enjoyable moments but sounds like a redneck baku no no first of all the only only prerequisite i have nicholas is you light the beam to represent exactly exactly because that's that type of synergy we need between all of our favorite things which in this case is nba basketball and formula one racing right we just you know we really just need formula one to be to like take on you know ken blocks jim Kana, you know rest in peace take over that whole uh just crazy excitement and just absurdity you know i know todd's like boiling inside because he's like i just want to see good racing but I, I like i do think that the only like real choice here is the three-way title battle because look we got to see the greatest battle between lewis and max that possibly has ever happened in formula one Thoughts aside on on all of the you know the uh, reintroduced uh, the reintroduced legislation of Driver yeah. Gate twenty twenty one. I get it exactly, but I think uh, you know like even just if you take any three drivers from from the field, right? Like it it would just be amazing to see whether you go with like the top of the field right now and and just say okay, we want to say Max and Leclerc and Hamilton down to the wire this season, we're all going to be glued to our seats for those final races. And that's something that last year I missed. So I think I got to go with a three-way title battle. Perfect. How about you, Rowett? I think, unfortunately, I will not go devil's three-way in terms of synergy across all three of us for the three-way, which I think that's like nine because three times three is nine. I'll go for a new champion and I'll go off the beaten path and I'll go for Carlos Sainz just because I want to further that single-handed narrative that I'm pushing, which is Carlos Sainz is better than Charles Leclerc. So, (laughs) hello to the racing discord. Come at me, bros. Come at me. Starting with the hot takes already. And the hot takes begin. Parts of the United States are under a fortress of frost, and the only thing we can do is make things warm. And if there's one thing this team does really well, is come up with hot takes. So, are we ready? Do we need to get more reviews out of the way? Because I want to make sure we get rid of all the stuff we need. We need to eat the biggest bowl of vegetables that we can, because this is going to be a diabetics nightmare. It's going to be straight sugar for the rest of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) let's do it let's just get into it okay who wants to go first how do we want to do this do we just want to go person for person do we want to go round robin style where we each just trade off hot takes yeah let's do that wait 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 let's start with a discord yes because we got some good hot takes from the discord so let's 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 show some love to the discord and and rattle off a couple of from, from discord to start all right let's do that so i asked our discord earlier today since we're going to be recording this episode what uh, what are some of their hot takes for this season? And they did not disappoint. And starting off with a banger, which is some would say not a hot take given the track records. But uh, Ponchi's chimed in f- first with Ferrari will somehow, some way, still choke this season. It's the everything, guys- everywhere, all at once prediction. <laughs> Of Formula One hot takes. Listen, as the resident Ferrari fanboy, as a sufferer of Stockholm Syndrome, how dare you, Ponchies? Because how dare you in this case is how dare you be so accurate before a single lap has been run? It's going to happen. I'm not happy about it. I refuse to acknowledge it, but well done, sir. Well done. I think I think it's 
it's it's hot, but it's also probably pretty accurate. My favorite thing about it is is like I hope that next season's Drive to Survive we get a cut to uh to Bonato drinking wine, you know, just kicking back, enjoying the fact that it's not his fault this time. <laughs> <laughs> On his paid gardening leave, just being like, yeah. Yep, see? Was it me? No, they're that no, I think, go ahead, Todd. I, I think that's the that's unfortunately the truth there is that he's only been gone a few months and it's gonna take time for Fred Vasur to install his way of doing things in the team so it could be a hot take or it could be a accurate take but i still love it punchies all right up next what do we have uh aaron came in with a a, a triple triple hot take uh mclaren won't be in the battle for the top midfield team lewis will dominate head-to-head against george and dr this one I feel like is just a shot across my bow. Dr. Danny Rick won't do any kind of driving at any race weekend. Not even testing in a, you know, P one practice or anything like that. I will say this: the first bet we've made for this official season was me setting the line at one and a half over under how many races Danny Rick will actually get to be a part of in the racing sense. And I think both of you gentlemen took the under and I stupidly or not, maybe not stupidly based on some of these other hot takes that we've got coming our way, took the over. Glad to see Aaron is sticking with the company and saying under because (laughs) yeah, logically it makes a lot of sense, but we don't like to deal in logic. We like to deal in fantasy here at the exhaust notes podcast. Now I just, I just want to, you know, Aaron and I go way back. So he knows I got to dig into this a little bit, but like what is any kind of driving at any race weekend mean because part of what makes Danny Ricardo one of the best is that he always does these crazy entertaining stunts and donuts and old NASCARs, those kind of things. So there's no, there's, are you saying that we can't, we won't see any Danny Ricardo in a car? Like maybe he's, he's like, you know, some promo Vegas. I'm just thinking like, there's a lot of opportunity for him to be, entertaining not only that you're telling me he's not even gonna drive himself to one of these practices <laughs> that's right lawyered loopholed legal he is 100 percent gonna roll into vegas in an old cadillac eldorado in an elvis suit that's just the way danny rick rolls Fair enough. I so, mean, that's a, that's a pretty hot take right there, to be honest. Speaking of American involvement list, in the upcoming season, I think the next prediction was by the man himself, Logan Sargent. Logan Sargent was going to win the podium or will podium this year. So first of all, congratulations, Logan, on joining the best racing community in the world. Second of all, what took you so long to find us? Third of all, Todd, who was this? Who was this actual prediction maker? <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be funny to say... Logan Sargent was predicting Logan Sargent's going to podium this year. Um, and I left it on the sheet that way. And they, the boys here called me out on that. That was brought to us by G duo or drew Drucifer in the discord. Um, that's a pretty hot take. That is spicy. I enjoy that. I wish I could sub that in for one of my more lukewarm takes. So good job, Drucifer son of the morning. I will chase you out of here. <laughs> I would love to see that though, to be honest, like that would just be amazing. That's going to take like a 2021 spa rain out. Yeah. George on the podium type of situation. Yeah. There's, there's gotta be a lot of like a lot of like end of the world, natural disasters, you know, kind of like snow in the foothills around the Bay area this morning, you know, those types of things that never happen, right? Never would happen. Right. (laughs) Speaking of things never happening, Yuki is going to win a podium again. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Sorry, AJ. Hey, I just need as much as this is like a crazy hot take that is nearly impossible. Sadly, it might be the only way that Yuki has a place to a place to play next season if he doesn't. Right? No, you're right. He's just he's he's got to be on the 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 limit of like how much Red Bull AlphaTauri is willing to put up with the lack of performance. Right? I think, and this is not necessarily a hot take, but Slightly uh, related, I guess. I think if any team we see sparks fly, it's going to be AlphaTauri because both of the drivers there have the most to lose. 
if DeVries comes in and beats Yuki, Yuki's losing his seat. If Yuki beats DeVries, they say, mm, there's that's the reason why you came into to it as a rookie in the F1 at 28. I feel like we're going to see some sparks fly there. Yeah, but do you – I still think, even though I agree with you, like DeVries is in trouble if he loses his seat. I think he'll get at least two years at it. Or do you think he's just going to be a one-and-done wonder like one Nikita Mazepin? There's our obligatory Russian reference. I, 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 I think whoever loses the points battle there is out of the seat next year. Okay. Maybe so I'll take it. Is there a scenario? Let's 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 mix these two hot takes that we're talking about. Yuki on a podium from AJ and Aaron talking about Danny Rick not driving at all in a Formula One car this season. Is there any scenario in which Danny Rick somehow lands at Alpha Tori like this. this season? I like this a lot. Because, have to because both those him. guys, to your point, right? Both those guys are on edge, there's a good chance that we see some serious cattiness between the two of them. Not to not to be overshadowed by the real, you know, cattiness on the on the grid this season, which will absolutely be Haas. But we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. If if I'm Red Bull and and like or Helmet Marco or Christian Horner or anybody near the top, right? I'm looking around and thinking like, hey, if these kids act up. Just put Danny Rick in the car. At least we'll at least we'll get more points. You know, like the, we'll get more publicity out of it. And my thought is this: if it, one of them is going to go, I think it's going to be Yuki in terms of going early, just because I can see the petulant act just rubbing people the wrong way. Because this is what third year for him. He's lost his moral compass in Pierre Gasly. He's going to be frustrated i think by this new rookie coming in so he's not one to keep his feelings to himself whenever he's feeling the brunt of pressure so i like that shot a lot danny rick as a alpha tori hmm. things that make you go hmm so i don't know todd as the senior ricardologist how do how do we want to call that ricciardologist how do you see your <laughs> man getting back on the grid do you see the alpha tori I, I really don't think so because he's already been to the pinnacle of Red Bull and been successful there. Um, they'd really have to throw the bag at him. That being said, if this sparks fly midseason and they have him in pocket and they're like, hey, we want to see if you're ready to come back into the Red Bull fold, why not? Like, they'd rather put... Danny Rick in the car than a reserve driver from I don't even know who their reserve driver is at AlphaTauri but I'm sure there's like a pool of them that a bunch of the teams tend to seem to share in some fashion but maybe but again they, if they want him to actually race full time I think they I think they gotta really why are they gonna pay like Danny Rick 10 million to race for their junior team yeah Another interesting thing that's going to create more drama in that scenario. Yuki's obviously been in the car for a couple of years, right? 20. Yeah. This is his third year mm-hmm. in the car. He's still only 22, right? Like I talked about this on the last episode. These guys are all young. Nick DeVries. 27, eight, 28, eight, 28, 28. So like he, he already came out and said that he doesn't consider himself a rookie. Which interesting obviously has to rub people the wrong way who have actually been in a seat for multiple seasons. So like the, the table is already set for these two guys to just let their egos fly. Right. I think the thing that we, we haven't touched on, but the elephant in the room is the reason Yuki has a seat pretty much is because of the Honda partnership. And if we remember when we talked about it, Red Bull signed that big check with Ford this year. So Honda is now potentially either leaving the grid or jumping ship to another team. Hello, McLaren. Uh, It's very possible that he's not, even if he performs and beats uh, Nick DeVries, that he's losing a seat because 
unless he's like an absolute shining star for them, I don't see why they would keep him past this because they have a gigantic pool of talent in the juniors right now. So, I mean, not only that, I looked it up. AlphaTauri doesn't have an official reserve driver, and they actually have the luxury of picking somebody from Red Bull's pool. And Red Bull has three young drivers. They've got Danny Rick as their third driver. So it's a bit of a Russian roulette, if you will, in terms of pick your poison of who that third driver could be for them. So definitely things to consider. Do we want to just give our podium of Trevor predictions and then we'll go into our own because I'm getting antsy, guys. I want to selfishly spread my brilliance to the world. <laughs> Let me. So we had two more people chime in with triple hot takes. OK, go for we'll, it. We'll run through those and then uh, move on to our own. Um, so uh, Trevor chimed in that Alonso's going to have multiple podiums. It's looking kind of likely if you've been watching testing. Uh, Mercedes finishes a distant third in the constructors, which I mean, that's just stay staying the course that did last year. And George outpoints Lewis again. That's a pretty spicy one. We'll see. We'll, we will see. All right. And then uh, lastly, John chimed in, with, chimed in with a triple and shout out to John's wife for chiming in with a hot take. Uh, three team battle for the top spot, Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes which I guess we know what button he pressed on that steering wheel. Uh, Haas, Alpine, and Alfa Romeo will battle for best of the rest. Wow. And he put a little sub note that he'd just finished watching the day two highlights of testing. So I'm guessing they did the top spots on the timing sheet uh, in day two. And his wife's hot take is Lewis has one race win this season. Ouch. That's one more than last year, so it's on the up and up for Team Lewis. <laughs> Good point. All right. Uh, you guys want to go round robin for ours? Yeah, let's do it. With Roe chomping at the bit, I think you should go first. Okay. Sir. With my first overall hot take, I am making the prediction, nor having the take, Lando Norris will have the highest percentage of his team's points more than any other driver. And he was at a very respectable 77% of McLaren's points last season. And the only person I think that had more in a competitive car was Botas, who accounted for nearly 90% of Alfa Romeo's points in 2022. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts? I mean, the wishful thinking in me still wants to see Lando do well for McLaren, you know? So I, I, think, I think it's feasible. I'm Team Papaya. Why would you say the wishful thinking and just you? I want to see Lando. I want to see Lando win races. <laughs> no, and I was going to say, yes, please give me that big old butt. But we do have Oscar Pastry, Oscar Piastri coming in to race this year. And if we look back at his track record real quick, since 2017, every championship that he's raced in, he's won. Now, I'm not saying he's going to win the championship this year. I'm just saying this kid's the real deal. I think there will be a much smaller gap to Lando. I still think there will be a gap because it's his first year. Um, by all accounts, from watching testing, the McLaren's car is not very good, but we'll get onto those hot takes later. Uh, but I think it's going to be a smaller gap to Lando, and I think the points split will be something like six. 65 35 yeah i was gonna ask you over under 66 percent. i will say this i think lando is going to score more individual points this year but i don't think mclaren will score as many points this year as a constructor so do with that what you will math nerds that's fair i mean so I, i'll just hop in with with my first hot take i think lando is going to get his first win this season it's going to be one of those you know I forget the uh, the quote, but like, you know, God comes down from the skies and points to your side of the field, kind of, you know, college Jim Belushi speech, whatever. But the stars will align and, and Lando's finally going to get a, get a victory. We're starting to get closer to the sun with these hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to happen. Trust me, I want that to happen. Unless we have some sort of crazy race. Spa 21, Suzuka last year, something something crazy rain race. Uh, I don't see that happening. All right. What do you see happening, Todd, with your first hot take? 
I'm I'm shooting for the stars and I'm speaking it to the ether. Sergio gets replaced mid-season because of an even bigger gap to Max and DR comes in to race for Red Bull. Whether I believe this in my heart or not, I don't know, but I'm saying it. Um, However, Daniel Ricciardo still has about the same gap to Max that Sergio had last year. So it's not necessarily an upgrade for Red Bull, but we see DR race, which is exactly the opposite of what Aaron said. Uh, We're actually going to see DR finish out the season for Red Bull. So let me ask you this then. If we see this situation come to fruition, will DR get a podium this year? Yes, absolutely. I know two people that are going to be very happy. Actually, three. Hello, Miss Stephanie, our uh, favorite listener. Shout outs to the wife's coworker. How are you? Hey, girl. Let's not do this. We're not going to get canceled in year two. (laughs) And if we do, it's because I'm going to say something inappropriate. But hey, it's still early. (laughs) Nick, what's your thoughts? We're going to see DR? I can't even wrap my head around that, man. Like, isn't so where does Checo go from there? I don't know. He fucks off to Mexico or something. Or he replaces Alonzo or Lewis when they retire next year. Maybe. He's a solid number two. Like a good morning one. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I... Bro, take us into your next hot take. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of explosive, explosive actions coming out of my mouth, uh, I will go ahead and ride the train on this Red Bull mini narrative, and I will say Red Bull is going to score 800-plus points in the Constructors' Championship. Now, if I did my math correctly, they ended up with 759 last year. So that just tells me if all things remain equal, Max is going to get two more wins this year, and I'm going to look like a genius. And I think that'll be the most points ever scored in the Constructors' Championship. And I'm asking my two Formula One history gurus that I have on this podcast with me, is this one of those unthinkable records, like Wilt scoring 100? Or is this something that's never even been in the realm of possibility that we don't even know that that's possible, so we don't even think about it? Like, how absurd would that point total be? I mean, I'll try to take off my... My shaded Red Bull hating, Max hating goggles here for a moment. But the points system is so different now than what it was years back. I think there's been more dominant seasons for drivers for many years than Max last year. Not to say that Max has not had, like, he, he's been the best driver, you know, probably, I don't want to say more than two years, but like he is absolutely dominated recently. So I think that although 800 is a crazy number in perspective, I don't think, and I don't know the stats and not looking at them in front of me right now, but I don't think that, that it's that dominant compared to some of the other drivers in the past. Todd, do you, any idea about past dom- domination? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, we had like, what was it? 2012? Was it 2012 or 2014? I don't know. One of the Seb Red Bull years. He had the previous record, right? Of 13 race wins in a year, which was finally beaten by Max last year with 15. That would mean he's getting 17 race wins this year, which is insane. I would if Max got 17 race wins this year, I would automatically put him in the best of all time conversation with Lewis, with Schumacher, with Seb. Like that's just unfathomable, not necessarily because he doesn't have the talent or does have the talent, but because there's so much that can go wrong. Like the, the a full F1 season is like a war of attrition. You have to have the car perfect. And not only do you have to have the car perfect, you have to not pick up debris or get a tire puncture or <clears throat> get Lance Stroll turned into you or something like that. Uh, it is almost unthinkable. So that I feel like that's a crazy hot take to get 800 points in a year as a constructor. That, that would also mean that Checo would have to step up because we've seen some fast cars this year. Uh, and I feel like we're going to get a little bit more convergence of the fields. So they would ha- Red Bull would have to be even more dominant, including their 
their development penalty and Max is essentially winning 17 races, which is crazy. And so go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say shout out to the sporting dot blog for uh, the best sports blog on the internet, according to their uh, tagline. But Albert Ascari, 1952, 75% of races, won, 100% of points claimed second best Michael Schumacher in 2004, uh, 72% of races won, 80% of points claimed. So he won 13 out of 18 races that year. 11 races of 17 in 2020 for Lewis Hamilton. And to your point, Todd, uh, Vettel in 2013, 68% of races won, 84% of points claimed. <clears throat> I mean, it's so hard to compare... You know, like we run into this with all sports, right? Like you can't compare Jordan to Will to, to you know, LeBron to Bill Russell, Bill Russell, Oscar Robertson. Like, you know, it's just a different times and different, you know, everything about the stats are different. Right. So uh, it, it would be it would blow my mind if. I, I feel like between your both of your guys' hot takes around Red Bull. I feel like there will be more of a, of a, uh, a gap between Max and Checo. I think that's more likely than both of them dominating to the, to the, to get them to 800 points as a, as a constructor. And eagle eyed, or I guess, what is the audio equivalent in terms of ears? Maybe that's me just jinxing Red Bull. Who's to say, but I can't wait to see it this year. I hope Julie's listening. Yep, Julie, work your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next, Nick or Todd? Which of your second hot takes would you like to share with the greater Exhaust Notes audience? I'll go. I got a. I got probably K Mag, but I got Haas will get a podium this year. Hmm. Now with K Mag getting this podium. Where will Nico Hulkenberg be in relationship to that? Will he be a deferential person in terms of how we expected Fernando, or not how we expected, how we saw Checo Perez and Fernando Alonso help their teammates get very famous wins? Or is this just going to be Hulkenberg being Hulkenberg, somehow getting himself out of the race before anything happens, and we truly get to see that K-Mag brilliance? Oh, no. Hulkenberg's just going to be whispering sweet nothings to him in the in his ear while he's on you know, being interviewed. Suck my balls. Damn it. <laughs> Rohit and I had the exact same thought at the exact same time. Please stop. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of combining two of these things in, in one for, for this to happen, right? I think this is like one of those weird never see it coming kind of races where you have like Lando wins and, and Haas is up there and it's like, you know, Botas is third or something like that, you know, like something completely shit show. Half the teams can't compete for some reason. Like a Monza 2020 when it was like Pierre Carlos and. Yeah, exactly. Where you're like, you're looking at all the, the, the results in the future and you're like, what on God's <laughs> green earth happened at this race to, for this to happen? Yeah. <laughs> Cause sometimes those are just the fun races to watch. Cause you're just like sitting there like watching, wondering how, how we ended up in this situation. I'm going to piggyback off that because I also had Hulk finally snaps his un, unwinning streak and, and finally gets a podium. So same page with Nick. I think Hulk finally podiums. Uh, but exactly what Nick just said, that same type of race where we have like Lando wins. Hulk gets or uh, let's say Pierre's P2 and uh, we got Hulk and P3. And then he tells everyone to suck his balls. So let me ask you this ball sucking aside, because that's going to happen this year for Haas. What are realistic expectations for this team? Because I think they have this idea that, Hey, we're going to compete for that best of the rest title, but I still see them in that, Middle class of six, seven, eight. What do you guys make of it? Since you guys feel a little bit more optimistic about their chances. That is my optimism. I think they're going to be the top of the bottom. Yeah. So Formula 1.75, as I've referred to it before, they're going to be the top of the back markers, which I think will be 
what they already kind of were last year, I think. Didn't they get P7? I believe that's right. I'll go quickly check that. Yeah, they're going to beat Williams, right? I mean, if we're just going off process of elimination, right, they're going to beat Williams. I think they're going to beat uh, Alpha Tauri because I think that team is a lot more inexperienced this year than they were in previous years. And I could see either Aston Martin or Alfa Romeo come down to earth and more likely maybe it's Alfa Romeo because I think with all cars on the table, I think they over exceeded expectations quite a lot last year. And I'm really interested to see if the concept of a sophomore slump hits, hits them this year. I can see that. I, I think they'll be better or more consistent than they were last year because we saw Joe had a lot of crashes, but I still think they'll be fighting in the same kind of pecking order. Okay. Fair enough. Who's up next? Is it me? I believe so. Okay. Uh, so similar on this train of new drivers, uh, I will say that Pierre Gasly will score more points than all other new drivers on the grid combined. And new in this case is Fernando Alonso at Aston Martin, Nico Hulkenberg at Haas, and then the triple debutants of Oscar Piastri, Josh Sargent, and Nick DeVries at their respective teams. Gentlemen, rip that to shreds if you can. Uh, well, first, his name's not Josh, but... Tyler, I don't need the attitude right now. (laughs) (laughs) So for our listeners, uh, as we were building the exhaust notes, Excel's spreadsheet of doom this year, for whatever reason, I had named Todd Tyler in this, and I went ahead and brought his name down to at least six or seven rows. So for me, Todd Yates is now Tyler Yates, and that's going to be the Zhou Guan Yu of this year in terms of me butchering an easy name that my co-hosts are going to knock out of the park every time. Well, I think it, I think we also added layers to that last episode because you called them. What'd you call them? Toddsworth. Toddsworth. <laughs> you can call me whatever you want, Roland. As long as you call him. Yep. All right, Carly. Right this here. is. I, I feel like we could just end the pod here. This is hotter than the sun. Take really. You think this, this is, is this is the one? Pierre Gasly. Is going to score more points combined, or than all of these drivers combined. Yeah. Alonso, yeah. double world champion, who's looking to be in a fast car this year. Hulkenberg, who's Mister Consistency. They call him Mister Points, uh, unless he gets close to the podium and then he spins out and crashes. Uh, Oscar Pastry, he's. We talked about this. He's he wins championships. I just need to see it it's, happen. He, Let me see it. This is excellence. First. Let me see it happen once. Josh, now Josh Sargent, which I feel like he's got the talent. He he com- he was only a few points away from winning the championship in F2. And Nick DeVries, he's only raced in one race. He's got 100% records of scoring points. So as far as he's concerned. So you're telling me he's due for an off day? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes and no. He is in the ugliest car on the grid, so maybe he'll throw up and crash. Um, this is like I said you to you in the pre-show. I wish you would bet me serious money here, or lots of little debbies, because there is zero chance that this happens. All right, I'm looking forward to this. I didn't think it was that controversial when I wrote it down, but I clearly misjudged my own brilliance. So, listeners, let us know because I can't wait to get the listener response to these hot takes. I probably should have saved this for the end based on the reaction that it got out of Toddsworth, a.k.a. Toddsworth. But I don't know. Nick, please be a cool hand on this. Let me know what your thoughts are because you would never lead me astray. Well, since we're on the topic of young drivers, my random fact of the episode, Formula One fact, uh, is Sebastian Vettel holds the record for the shortest time eclipse before picking up a penalty. He was caught speeding in the pit lanes in practice for the 2006 Turkish Grand Prix almost immediately after he had exited the garage just nine seconds into his F1 career. $1,000 it cost him. So hopefully yeah. none of these guys have that, that kind of lead foot <laughs> coming out of the garage. <laughs> for some reason, that made me think of Oh God! What race was that a couple of years ago when Bottas did like a fucking pirouette in the pit lane and almost slid into the McLaren <laughs> yeah. garage? Yeah, I mean to, to address the hot take in the room, I do think that Gasly has the best car 
out of all those drivers, right? Wrong. We don't know you yet. That's what that makes it take spicy. That's what I'm saying. Alpine. I will get to. I'll get to why that's wrong in my next hot take. How about that? Okay. Okay. Go for it. Please go there. Um, the Green Bull, which is Aston Martin, as we now know, uh, the Green Bull is going to be the best of the rest, and very close to Mercedes in. So they're going to get P4, but they'll be very close to Mercedes in P3 within maybe 20 points. They were like 270 points behind them last year. I can't even remember. It was a lot of points, though. Oh, wait. Road has Road has Fernando Alonso in that group? Yes. Okay. Hold on. That that's Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> You've gone too far, Bring Road. It. I thought it was all the rookies. And Hulkenberg. I mean, and Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg, I know, is not a rookie, but like. As far as I'm concerned, he's a rookie to winning. He's he's been gone. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Also low blow. True. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do I, I I retract my previous statement because I didn't re, I didn't see Alonzo on the list. Alonzo and Aston Martin, I think, is probably one of the like. Well, I'll just say like I have him getting a podium as one of my hot takes. So, I mean, it is what it is. I, think, I, I know that I, I'm I on an not, island. That's that's a, a cooler and cooler take the more we see from testing. I, I just need to see it happen. I would like to be an active participant of Formula One in terms of my fandom and actually see Fernando Alonso win a podium. Not to say he's not capable of it because he clearly is, but it needs to happen before I extinguish that hot take. But until then, the fires are a burning. That's insane. Uh, did you not hear my hot take just now? They're going to be P4 in the constructors and not far off of P3, which means that Alonso's points alone are going to be like double what Pierre Gasly gets. Here's the thing, Todd. You are clearly the total wolf to my Christian Horner in terms of these hot takes <laughs> this year because you have Red Bull going a certain trajectory. I have them going the complete opposite. And now we meet yet again as competitors on this track of life. That is Formula One fandom. So I look forward to getting through the season with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's your next hot take, sir? Oh, do you just want... Okay, because I thought uh, it's already back to me. Hmm. How about this? Lewis Hamilton is going to go a second straight year without winning a race. Hmm. Well... I, I my my uh, argument with that is in writing because <laughs> my hottest of hot takes is that Lewis wins his eighth title somehow some way. So I'm, I'm antagonizing out. both of you this season. That's essentially the theme <laughs> of this upcoming Formula One season. <laughs> He's the new heel of our podcast. Some men uh, just want to watch the world burn. That's my worst Michael Caine impression. It got better towards the end. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Those are both. So far out there. But it's funny because I actually have a, a Lewis. Yeah, yours happens right after mine. Though. <laughs> no, I actually think <laughs> mine's kind of a middle ground because I think Lewis, I don't know if he'll get a. I don't know if he, I, okay, he's definitely not going to win a title. He's definitely not going to go winless. I think he'll get one. I don't think. Mercedes, I think they did take a big step forward, but I don't think he's going to win a bunch of races, not not even near enough to win a title. But I do think at the end of the season, he's going to see that Merck is, is still far enough off in the, their development race with the other big two. That he's going to be like, I, I, I can't do this for two or three more years that we're going <clears> to... <throat> uh, we're going to see him just be like, okay, I had my run. And, you know, he'll announce it t- towards the end of the year, take his victory lap, maybe get a race win towards the end and claim his Brazilian citizenship and then just ride off into the sunset. And then hopefully ride back and establish his own team. Let's get some sick. more diversity on the grid. Man, so... I guess it's quick to me because I set the pace when it comes to these hot takes. Uh, let me go now. Hmm. <laughs> I came up with one more over the course of this show, so I'll save that for the very end. 
How about this? I think up to five drivers will leave their current seat at the end of this year. And I think for my preliminary five, I'd put down Hamilton, Perez, Yuki, Albon, and Guan Yu Zhou. I'm just really proud of you for saying his name correctly. Thank you. I feel like we needed also a bit of a cool down after these last two takes by me. Uh, yeah, I think that's actually feasible. Feasible, right? yeah, except for Albon because he's still except really for young. Albon, yeah. yeah, but my legal loophole out of this is leaving their current seat. I can see Albon going up. I could see him possibly. Oh, that's a good call, actually. Thank you. Proving proving himself in the again in the Williams, and then somebody else needs a new a driver. And the way we've been talking about AlphaTauri, I would think he would be the logical next man up for AlphaTauri if he's still under that matrix of that is Red Bull contracting. Would he go back? I think he'd rather have his smoke show girlfriend kick him in the nuts repeatedly than go back to the Red Sir, Bull. Sir, please do not bring your personal biases into this. Like, I don't need to hear that, Todd. I think I just wanted to talk about how hot his girlfriend is. That's. Um, and luckily, my wife doesn't listen to this podcast either. So <laughs> that's fair. That makes two wives. She's also a smoke show, though. Yes, she is. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's it seems feasible because the the it feels like the silly seasons for F one keep getting sillier every year. I mean, we had a team principal silly season this year, and that's really never happened before. Um, I I think five drivers. So your your hot take is that five drivers are going to change teams or leave the grid altogether, or leave the grid altogether. They, yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily that hot. I think that's that's actually kind of feasible. Well, like I said, we need a cool down period because I think I've got a couple of scorchers at the end. So, you know, everybody needs that popcorn match in wrestling parlance where you've had a couple of back to back banger matches. And then you're like, you know what? I'm too amped up. I need something to really just be, uh, what is it? A shot of tryptophan. That's a chemical ingredient in Turkey that kind of brings you down back to see. I don't even know what the hell I'm saying. My hot takes are so scorching. I can't even speak properly. So anyway, that's my calm take. What do you guys want to go from next? Like, do you guys? I'll, have I'll jump in with a yeah. another almost guaranteed to happen. Doctor Evil says something racist in an Austrian newspaper. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, he's always good. That's for, not a hot take. Yeah, that, he's always good for like one a year. But I feel like this one will get like everyone's just like, oh okay, old man crazy's at it again. But this one's actually going to get a little bit of attention. Oh man, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but he always says something messed up in either Always. the red bull magazine which they have their own magazine check it out it's ridiculous um or like an austrian newspaper for some reason uh so not necessarily a really hot take but i'm putting it on there because i want a point for it that's fair we all want points nicholas or is it me again how many do I have? I mean, I can hop in. Go for I, it. My, my uh, kind of final one was that uh, we'll get an actual official, some sort of agreement that will bring Andretti into Formula One this season. It will be announced. Oof. My Americanness hopes that you're right, but I don't think that's going to happen. Hmm. Do you think it'll happen the subsequent year then? Yeah, I think. It'll be announced 2024, joining the grid in 2026 with the new regs. If they even get the luxury of joining, because their their one brother in arms just stepped away from managing Formula One. He's still involved in the high level, obviously, which I think would involve Andretti, Andretti's entry. But I don't think I. Uh, I don't know. I just have a bad feeling about them getting into Formula One. So I feel like that's that is a pretty hot take. No, I mean, to me, I, this is a topic that I've actually got the most listener feedback on. And I think overwhelmingly everybody wants this to happen. And that's why I'm worried it's not going to happen, because that's just how life is sometimes. But I will, like my co-host said, speak this into the ether. I think Andretti is going to join. It's going to be a question of when and not if. And I really hope I prove to be right on that. One other thing I know I'm going to be prove, proven right about is that there will only be four race winners this season, and that'll be Max, Checo, Russell, and Charles. Wow. Wow. 
not only do I think that's like a very, very hot take, because we always have like every season is good for one right. random race winner. Pierre Gasly, Ocon. Daniel Cardo, Ocon. Um, we always have that one. So that would be crazy to only have the four, but to not put if you think that Mercedes at some point in the year will have a car that competes and not have Lewis in that conversation is pretty crazy. Yeah, but I'm also trying to keep a consistency amongst my hot takes because I think it would be even silly for me to say Lewis is not going to win a single race this year and then say, oh, yeah, he's also part of my four. Like, I'm not dealing in the multiverse. I'm dealing in the Roverse. <laughs> Coming to a VR headset near you. Please. Uh, what is it? Virtual Boy. Those big old red things. <laughs> God, that was a cool system back in the day. Uh, and then I guess... Although this may kind of conflict it a little. My other, my penultimate hot take, because I think I have three Ferrari-related hot takes. Ferrari will have the closest gap between their driver points with Sainz scoring more. Because once again, I am a troll, I'm a chaos agent, and I think Carlos Sainz is much better than Charles Leclerc. Another hot take. So Charles is going to win a race, but Sainz is going to have more points. It's... That's more Without in the realm winning. of possibility than saying Lewis is not going to win one, but then he's going to be one of my four. So, like I said, your boy does love a P two. He's <laughs> he does. He's a smooth operator, true. and smooth operator is Spanish for P two. <laughs> Man, uh, it's that's that's a lot. I don't know how to react to that. I think all of the Tafosi are going to like try to seek you out and dox you and burn your house down. Yeah, I don't think Vincenzo is coming on the podcast if he hears this episode because the last <laughs> thing I had, and then I th- will save your Ferrari hot take for the last thing, Todd. After watching the first 10 minutes, you can't convince me that Matteo Bonato was not interviewing Gunter Steiner for a future position as a Ferrari principal in those first 10 minutes of Drive to Survive. And then I really want that because that's such a chaos thing because he truly would be the person that in the parlance that we've kind of used in this season about winning the press conference is winning the races. Gunter Steiner is on that level of Christian Horner and Toto Wolf in terms of commanding a room and being bigger than the drivers, which in a turn, in my mind, helps the drivers because then they know that, hey, we don't have to worry about it because Gunter's going to Gunter and he's going to take over some of the headlines. So that's my pipe dream hot take that Gunter Steiner will someday manage Ferrari. I mean, that would be amazing. The chaos that ensues would just be, they'd have to have a whole separate drive to survive like sub drive to survive i'm convinced we're gonna get it this year because the way that gunter steiner always gets camera time and previously i thought it was a daniel ricardo centric show it's not it's a gunter steiner show that's the secret sauce that's who america truly loves if we're being honest with ourselves because there's nothing more american than a bumbling middle manager he is michael scott reincarnated as a international man of mystery and intrigue I've rendered Todd Yates speechless and muted because of <laughs> talking on mute again. <laughs> yes. It happens to one of us. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would love to hear that for, or see that from a, a chaos perspective because it would just be funny to see what would ha- what kind of fireworks that would produce. But I don't think Gunther would ever leave Gene Haas because he gave him his start in Formula One, and through this whole time when Haas has been basically the laughing stock, Gunther's been there. And I, I don't know. It's just like you mentioned, he's like America's sweetheart, and I don't want him to leave the you know quote unquote American American team. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he he keeps it interesting for for a team that's you know not really in the mix. All right, I'm going to finish off. I actually have two more. Um, One we kind of skipped over. Nando, your boy, Fernando, gets a win this year in the Green Bull and talks about how good he is and how he's coming for Max's behind. (laughs) Please don't do this to me. Please don't do this to me. Fernando's getting a win. What do you guys think? 
Hey, I, I, I had a, I had him down for a podium. So I had I, him I not down for totally a podium doable. because my scorching take is still doing it. In fact, as you guys have been chatting, I've been trying to tabulate the math and your boy might be off in terms of his math, but I'm going to stick with it because that's what we do during <laughs> hot take episodes. We're ride or die for our takes. Yep. And uh, again, conversely to one of Rohit's uh, hot takes here. Leclerc triples the amount of polls than he has wins this year. So I'm guessing he has about nine polls this year and three wins. If he gets, how many wins did he have last year? I want to say four. No, not even four. Three, probably. I would take that if I was Charles Leclerc, to be perfectly honest. If you, right now, if you gave him the option of, will you take three wins and... The rest are still undecided. I think he would take it because to me, after last year, I think he's ready to take any sort of credibility and credibility in this term is boringness or uneventfulness. And I think when he's on his game, there is nobody that is more professional in terms of how he drives. Like with Max, when he's winning, there's always this moment where you're like, holy crap, this dude was born to race. He does things we've never seen before in a car. Charles Leclerc is the opposite. He's only doing things we've seen in a car. He just does it at a very high level, probably at a level we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, actually, uh, I wish I would have predicted this last year because he actually he had nine pole positions and three wins last year, so I would have been spot on. I, I don't know if I could think of a more frustrating like season. For him, nine pole position. It, it, any driver, right? Like, just look at that. Like, if you're on pole nine times and you only get three wins, ah, man, that hurts. And uh, and like probably four of those, you were still you, you were fighting for yeah. the win, and your team fucked you up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, damn. But I think it's, he's gonna he's gonna double down, do it again this year. So that wraps up the hot takes. Okay. If we have time, because if there's one thing exhaust notes love, it's an exhaustingly long episode. So I kind of did the math. So last year, Fernando Alonso scored 81 points. Pierre Gasly scored 23. Mick Schumacher scored 12. Danny Rick scored 37. Vettel scored 37. And we're going to say Nicholas Latifi. How many did Nicholas? Did he get one, right? Because I'm automatically inclined to give him zero, but I don't think that's right. So I'll say I'll give him two. Now that we know that the musical chairs has stopped and people are in new positions, which driver is least likely to hit the point total that their predecessor got? Because I don't think Oscar Piastri is going to score 37 points the way Danny Rick did last year. You don't think he's going to get there? You don't think he'll surpass that? No, I don't think he'll get there. I think... Given how tricky that car was, and I think a lot of the reports that we read after the fact was Lando Norris is more of a technical wizard that we let on because that car, per some media sources, was as undrivable as a car can be. And to see what Lando got out of that car, he truly squeezed a papaya for all it's worth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a really interesting question. This isn't like part of the hot takes, but I think McLaren's going to get beat by both Aston and Alpine this year. Right. So they're going to get, what is that, P6? Let's say P6, right? So I don't think Piastri is going to score the 37 points that Danny Rick got because right now I'm penciling him in as a number two. Similarly, Nick DeVries, I do not think, is going to get the 23 points that Pierre Gasly got AlphaTauri last year. That's the one I would disagree with, I think. Okay. I think I think I I rate DeVries pretty highly. Okay. Even though he's got he's come into Formula One in a, a weird way. He was really good in F2. He's Formula E world champion. Um I think I could see him uh beating that total. Actually Hulkenberg beating 12 points for Schumacher. That's the other one I was going to ask you because I think I, I think that's that's who I go with. 
Hulkenberg. And I think Alonzo, at his worst, will get the 37 that Seb got last year. And that pains me to say because I prefer Seb over Fernando. Yeah, I think Alonzo is going to have like 100 points. So he's going to, by himself, blow this hot take. So then I guess, would you, how about this? Would you be comfortable saying Fernando by himself would outscore the other five if we switch to Fernando with Pierre? Yeah. Put it down as a hot take. Show me it's no, real. <laughs> I'm not that confident in it. <laughs> but so that that makes me have to ask the like more true rookies, right? Piastri, DeVries, Sergeant. Sergeant. Todd, you've 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 talked up DeVries and Piastri already. But like where do you realistically see those guys coming in? Out of those three, Piastri will dominate them. Not only because he's in a better car, but he's more talented. Okay. I don't think he's going to be far off of Lando by the end of the season. I think he'll have the initial, you know, early season jitters, and then he'll get to get to work. I think before the summer break, he'll be on pace with him. I'm, I'm saying on pace is in maybe a couple of tenths behind him in qualifying all the, you know, the, the spot that we wish Danny Rick was going to be just a couple of tenths off, not, you know, half a second or more seven tenths off, something like that. Uh, I think he's the real deal. And I think it was a crazy smart move by Zach to go out on a limb and get him and, you know, unfortunately give DR the boot. I, I think he's got the potential to be, a top tier midfield driver, if that makes sense. I don't know if he's Lando good. Cause I, I think other than Max Lewis and Charles, I think Lando's probably the fourth best driver on the grid. Um, and he showed it by, like you just said, Rohit taking a kind of a dog of a car and bringing its neck. But yeah, I think out of those three rookies, I think Piastri runs away with that. Okay. No, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting because now I am going to be looking at this. I believe he's South African or is he Australian? Remind me. He's Australian. Um, that is probably the one driver I'm going to pay most attention to because your praise does not come easily when it comes to this thing we call Formula One racing. So I'm intrigued if he proves me wrong, because right now it seems that the way my hot take crumbles is you expect Piastri to be Piastri on this new level. And you expect Fernando to live up to the hype that testing has given us thus far, which is that Aston Martin seems to be screaming fast. That's where it's looking. Fair we enough. don't know until a week from now. That's when the madness starts. Uh, I was going to say this because we kind of ended on a Ferrari note. My random fact of the day was the fact that did you guys know that Ferrari abandoned its traditional red for blue and white for two races in the 19... 19- let me get the year right, because this kind of blew my mind. It was in 1964, and they replaced Ferrari red with a blue and white colorway. And that was because they were protesting the FIA visiting Marinello, and somehow there was a counting issue with the amount of cars there. And not only did they go away from their traditional red, they also went away from their Italian heritage, because in those two races, they were not referred to as Ferrari, but rather as the North American Racing Team, or NART. So shout outs to Nart. I'm waiting for that livery because I think nothing would be greater than a throwback, as the kids say, to that blue and white Nart. God, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, I think they'd all rather get carpet bombed than change away from the red. And yeah. if you want to complain to me about this random know, fact, you can find me at MadWatcher789 on Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> hey, Mike, how's it going? And since I'm not good at segues like my two co-hosts here, while I was discussing uh, Leclerc's polls to wins ratio this year, I should have talked about my random fact of the day, which I will now. Uh, In the final round of 1997 season, the only time it's ever happened in Formula One, three drivers shared pole position. But because one of them said it first, he actually got pole position. The three drivers were Jacques Villeneuve. Michael Schumacher and a guy that I actually don't remember, even though I was kind of watching back then. Yeah. The final round of the 1997 season was held in Jerez. The battle for the title became between Williams driver, Jacques Villeneuve, Ferrari megastar, Michael Schumacher, 
What happened in qualifying was something else. During Saturday's session, Villeneuve Schumacher and Villeneuve's teammate Heinz Harold Frenzen all set exactly the same time in qualifying at 1 minute 21.072 seconds. Damon Hill almost joined them qualifying fourth, just 0.058 seconds behind the trio. As Villeneuve set the time first, he started on pole alongside Schumacher with Frenzen in third. Such a scenario has not happened since, but it would still be incredibly exciting to see. That is wild. I don't know where that's from. I'll figure it out and I'll put it in the uh, the old chat. Oh, I guess it's from F1.com or whatever. So. I hope that independent that's blog That's an amazing does well stat, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, we lost Todd, Toddsworth, Tyler, whatever you want to call him. You can find him at TEZF1 on Twitter or on Instagram at dadshoot.jpg. Rowit, how can everybody find uh, you? You can find me on Twitter at RowitM13. You can find me on Twitter at Roheasy. You can find me in the Exhaust Notes podcast, the Sneaker History podcast, the Sneaker History Discord. We're everywhere. Can't stop, won't stop, as a famous urban philosophizer by the name of Sean Combs once said. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can find me at Nick Ingvall everywhere and uh, obviously follow Exhaust Notes FM if you haven't already Hit the first link in the description and you'll be able to join the Discord. You can even leave us your own hot takes in the uh, Formula One channel with the rest Carry of these hot on takes. That my we wayward son. <laughs> Todd Yates has returned. Todd, what was your hot take? Or not your hot take, your random fact. My random fact only one time in Formula One history, three drivers have shared poll. Apologies for my internet. That's okay. It happens to me weekly. And I would say this. Three drivers have shared this episode with you, listeners. So please leave us a review. Join our Discord. Subscribe. Give us your hot takes. Because as strong as we are, we're only stronger with you by our side. Well said. We'll catch you all on the next episode. Peace. Alpine's going to get third this year. <laughs> <laughs>